Isn't it good to praise his name? Darlene, shake your fan. Isn't it good to know that he's always there for us? Isn't it good to know the Lord? Amen. Karaoke, who's next? <laughs> All right, I'm having a bit of fun with y'all today. Um, just the worship just leads us in so nicely. It's so fun to just flow on the river of the Lord this morning. <sighs> Amen. Lord, we just thank you that our eyes are already opened by your Spirit. Our ears have been opened by your Spirit. Lord, that you've even breathed courage into our bones this morning. So we thank you for an awakeness and an ability to be sons and daughters, just to hear you, to learn you, to discover you, to be pierced by love, to be pierced by love today, the voice of love, Lord. You never come as any other voice but the voice of love. So we welcome you today. Amen? Okay, the title is Live by Listening. Some of the uh, prayer sessions, I can only really speak for Tuesday, Wednesdays, they're the ones I'm in, but um, Wednesdays for a little while have had this focus come up and down on just a real love for the voice of the Lord, which seems like a familiar theme, but sometimes it's like I've got to sift and figure this one out because he's highlighting it in a way, he's always deeper than we consider to be deep. Oh, I know that phrase, I know that verse, there's always something more than just something that you know, because he's so beyond our understanding. He is layer upon layer of revelation, and so when you start to hear something, it can take me a few goes, so this is, you know, what is that phrase? The kettle calling the pot, whatever. Anyway, that, me. So I, I can take a while to, to go, oh, hold up, this is a theme, and then with that, then go, oh, hold up, I don't know enough. Is that all right? But I wanted to go on the exploration of this with you so that you can, uh, what I'm hoping is today we learn a little bit of the art of listening and the value for it. And it's really an awareness tool, but um, uh, often we, we, we teach the prophetic, so we teach the, the senses and that's great, but um, we're all prophetic, we're all, we're all hearers and listeners and speakers, and we're all designed to hear the father, sheep, hear the shepherd, yes. And so I really wanted to just as a normal way of functioning instead of trying to equip only people who are interested in prophesying. Do you hear the difference? Yeah? All right. Um, there's two words I want to... This is what I do. When I want to understand something, I chew it. I chew it. I said that with a lolly in my mouth. That didn't make sense. I chew it. So I, I listen by chewing. All right? So live by listening. It's intentional. I'm just going to write the word live. All right, all you people who like amplified Bibles or who like to look at synonyms, what does the word live, chuck out meanings of what the word live means. When I say live, what do you hear or think? Life. Exist. Do you feel it is existing? To live is to exist. What's that quote by Oscar Wilde? To live is brave. Most people just exist. All right, so do, would you say existing is living? So it's more than existing. See how I'm already thinking? I'm just looking at a word and I'm chewing on it. Someone said life. 
I'm just going to put it here and we'll expand. You'll see. Alive. So what's alive mean? It's moving. So it has momentum. It has traction. Now, straight away, if some of you are going, oh my goodness, because these words can trigger things, don't worry. This isn't a hound you session. Um, there's so much love in this. And just like in a worship time or when you spend time with the Lord, when any of these words trigger something like, oh, that's not me, or that makes me apprehensive, I feel too much expectation. When you feel those feelings, they become things you jot down to take before the Lord because he has answers to every mountain. Yes? So this is not a target problem. This is a target of things that have solutions. All right? So no hopelessness, no shame. I get triggered when I look at these. We're all walking in the journey of salvation. But it's really important to approach things, not to avoid things. All right? So momentum. Did I say attraction? That's cute. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Let's say cute. Let's say traction. I love that word. I often notice when there's no traction on things, that's a, si a signal for me, all right? So these are going to activate. If you can start expanding on something that, that the Lord says, and look, you'll see themes, you'll see um, metaphors, and you'll start, your discernment starts to tr trigger, all right? Because listening involves discernment as well. So let's keep going. I can, I'm going to say choice, all right? You choose life. I've given you death, and did that verse come to mind? I've given you before you death and life, so choose, choose life. So I've got choice, which for me means intentionality. Okay? What else have you got? Hmm? How to? So as in practical? How to live. So that's a part that connects to it for you, which is important. Because who, who gives life? Jesus. Who, is, who, is, who, who have we have now that teaches us how to live? What is the Holy Spirit? He's light. We think of the revelation light, but we also hear in the scripture, when we ever hear about light, we hear it's the Holy Spirit. So can you see links? We're going to go through scripture with this word for a minute soon, so you're going to start to see words, all right? I've got explore. Does anyone even feel like they're alive when they're exploring? Adventure. Toby's new word, my son, adventure. All right? We're going on an adventure. Adventure, explore. What does that make you think of in Scripture? Learning, growing, seek first the kingdom. See how that's a choice? It's a life choice. Seeking. Awake. I'm so glad someone said that before me. Have we had that as a theme lately? Why awake? What's the opposite of wake? Slumbering. Is it? What else? No sleep. I mean that in the right way. No slumber. So no death, obviously, because alive. What else? Huh? Sorry, couldn't see. Conquer. Okay, good. So victory. Conquer. Overcome. How many times do you read about the overcomers in Revelation? All right. Um, victory. Are we already called victorious? Okay. I want to go back to here. What's another one? If you're alive, you're awake, you're no longer numb. Thank you. I'm going to take it broader. I'm no longer dull, dim, because we talked about the light of life. Okay? Connected. Oh, love it. All right. 
Good. Yes, I've got written here, engaged, tender. Is tender okay? Do you think you engage with a hard heart? Cool. Are we good? Tender. Engage. Engage then also has this awesome thing because we're tender-hearted, but whenever I think of the word engage, I'm like, I'm connected to people, but engage also says I'm ready to fight. Yeah? So there's a readiness. Readiness. What is readiness? Isn't that in Scripture too? So when you look at yourself on a daily basis and am I living today, does this help? Not overwhelm. Does this help? Like, it helps to sift through one or two and go, actually, this is without thinking, I, I can fall into existing. Or without thinking, I can just drag my feet. Does that make sense? Or without thinking, I protect myself from people. And so there's an intentionality. There's a choice, which he says, I put before you death and life. That verse says, blessings or curses, which we learn about in Elijah House, right? How it's like a... Um, what's that? What's it? It's not better. It's not better expectations, but it's it's the impounding blessings. Like my choice then produces multiple choices of blessing that follow through. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a it's a kingdom. Yes, the law of increase. It's a it's a kingdom law. Yeah. So he's not saying I'm putting a judgment curse on you. You get curses. He's saying there's a kingdom law that says if you choose life. It produces blessings and blessings upon blessings. So he's saying, I've put before you, because that's the choice you get to make, life or death. But choose life that your children may live. Do you know what I mean? So there's more than just, I want to have a happy day here. Yeah. All right. So living is actually important. And a lot of us don't realize that we're existing. Don't worry, I'm in this bucket. We're in this together. So I've got be a light. I've got lead in life. Because some of the phrases the Lord's been saying to me when we've been listening is he said to me, lead by listening. So even when I'm sitting with people, I can be hasty to solutions or hasty to talk or hasty to defend myself. Am I perfect or what? (laughs) So so he's like lead by listening because then you really hear the matter. But listening produces an empathy, all right? So we're going to go into listening. But the other side he's also saying is live by listening. And then when I approach the Lord, I always approach by listening first. So we're going to go into listening, but I wanted to trigger live. And I want to just give a few verses. They're not going to go up. I'm just going to share them with you so you can sort of see the heart of a matter in this word. All right. Isaiah 55 verse 3. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you according to the faithful mercies shown to David. It's full of mercy. Life is full of mercy. That's how we live. All right? Deuteronomy 30, verse 15 to 20. This is one we talked about. I'm going to go from the end of verse 19. Now choose life so that you and your children may live, that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. See how listening is in there, not just being a good person. Listening is key. I've got Matthew 6.33, explore, seek first the kingdom, that's that verse, or Proverbs 25, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, the glory of kings too, search out a matter, that's the explore and adventure part of our, of our living with the Lord, that also includes desire, it also includes longing for, sometimes we shut down desire and long for because we're so used to things not happening, but when it comes to the Lord who is good, all of this is possible if we understand who he is. It comes. Don't worry, we're going to go there. If we understand the good God who can come right into the place that's just been triggered and speak who he is, it goes that deep. Do you know who he is? The goodness of him can go deeper than where your pain sits. It's 
one of the biggest things for me. When I read the word and I chew on it, I feel him go into the deepest place that's not quite figured it out yet. I can feel him go there and my conviction is now grounded. It's like I've anchored myself in the place that was most disturbed, just from listening. If you go to an EH session, which we often do, we need prayer ministry, we get, we get help to sit through a topic and to sift it with someone. They minister and they find the root. Then they follow through with who he is in that place. It always is part B, that you would have conviction of who he is, that you would hear his voice in the place that was once full of pain. We have to live with conviction. We have to live knowing who he is not put him in there and just keep going and thinking that you're living. But you can't also sift it and know your heart and then not place him in that place. You know, it's one thing to know your trauma. It's another thing to know his voice in your trauma. Okay? I've got um, Ephesians 5 verse 14. Ephesians 5 is full of the listening, the living, and the wisdom. All right? It says, for anything that becomes... Oh, let's just look at it. You're right with me reading my Bible? What is the Bible? It's the Word. So what is that? That's the, it's Jesus, Spirit-led, living. Yeah, if, so when I read the Bible, what am I listening for? Jesus. Not learning it to know Scripture. I'm reading this to know Jesus. Okay, so that means I have to listen to find Jesus when I read the Word. Is that okay? Ephesians 5. I'm going to go from... Ephesians 5 verse 6, don't be fooled by those who speak their empty words and deceptive teachings telling you otherwise. So someone's speaking, which means you've been listening. Yes? Whether it's a person or something in your head. What are the three things we hear on a daily basis? The Lord, our own heart, and everything else. Yes? Okay. Don't be fooled by those who speak their empty words and deceptive teachings telling you otherwise. This is what brings God's anger upon the rebellious. Keep rebellious in your shelf, okay? Keep it there. Don't listen. What does that involve? Hearing, okay? Don't listen to them or live like them at all. Once your life was full of sins and darkness, but now you have the very light of the Lord shining through you because of your union with him. Your mission, this is really clear, your mission, how many times do you wish you'd get up in the morning and you just hear the Lord go, your mission, it's him. Your mission is to live as children flooded with his revelation light. Bugger. What a hard life he set up for us. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Your mission is to live as children flooded with his revelation light. And the supernatural fruit of his spirit will be seen in you. Goodness, righteousness, and truth. Then you will learn to choose what is beautiful to our Lord. So it's live and become someone who is alive. All in the same, yeah? Now verse 11, And don't even associate with the servants of darkness because they have no fruit in them. Instead, reveal truth to them. How good is that? Yay, Jesus. The very things they do in secret are too vile and filthy to even mention. Verse 13, Whatever the revelation light exposes, it will also correct. Who will? It will. It will. I have to rein that one in on my meekness button. It's Jesus who corrects. It's the Holy Spirit who brings that correctness, all right? Whatever the revelation light exposes, it also corrects. 
and everything that reveals truth is light to the soul. Yay! It makes us want to desire truth, right? Desire truth because it's light to the soul. It brings us alive. This is why the scripture says, Arise, you sleeper. Rise up from the dead, and the anointed one will shine his light on you. How good is that? Continuing on, now we have the intentionality, the choosing. It says, So be very careful how you live. Not being like those with no understanding, but live honorably with true wisdom. For we are living in evil times. Take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purposes. Yes? This is good. It's just here in the word. Yeah, no one's preaching at you. It's just Jesus. Is that okay? And don't live foolishly, for then you will have discernment to fully understand God's will. All right, I'm going to stop there, because the next one could just hurt too many people. <laughs> I'm being facetious. I'm, I really am. It says don't get drunk on wine. I'm being silly. I'm being silly. But don't. All right. Um, I've got Malachi 4, verse 2. But for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings, and you shall go out leaping like calves from the store. Isn't that cool? That's this one, the engage. I just feel like that's such a cool promise. That's so good. Um, fearing the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom comes by hearing. That's where that all ties in. Sorry, that's where you can, where does that have listening to do with it? And then I've got Matthew 5, verse 14. Your lives light up the world, whether you like it or not. Your lives light up the world. Let others see your light from a distance, for how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? Can you imagine us all living as an, in an existing form, that we've become dull, that we've, we've had dullness upon us. Some of us have had wounds that have formed a dullness in our own hearts, and that we've gone, this is it, this is my lot, and yet our desire, our design is that, our mission is that we live, you know, fully alight by the radiant light of Jesus, and it says that your lives would light up the world. So I, I would look at this, and without... Like with true sincerity, but without feeling overwhelmed, because it's a journey till kingdom come, I'm, I'm sitting there, man, man, do I lose the light in my eyes? Is, are there circumstances or are there things in my day, or am I living in a state where I once felt like I was bright and now I am dull? No condemnation, because sometimes there's stuff we're warring against that we don't even notice, but we slowly become dull, because it's just in the atmosphere and we've come in agreement with it. So you're really sifting to know, not sifting to judge, all right? He's the judge. We're sifting to know. Is that okay? To be able to sit before him and go, I recognize this is where I'm sitting. So these are questions. Has my enthusiasm gone dry? Um, if you're a new mum, um, <laughs> have I lost desire, expectation, excitement, hope, or drive? These are good questions, yes? Then I've got another one here. This is important. Am I hiding? Are there secrets or secretive behaviors? Is there denial? which might feel really convenient for you, by the way, but we all know that everyone else carries that. Um, I say that with blood on my tongue because there's definitely areas where I need victory there. Is there um, religion? Is there offense? Is there bitterness? Is there self-pity? Do you not want to feel anymore? Do you not want to know anymore? 
all right? If those come up, sometimes when you're driving or it's in the heat of the moment or the, the next round of a conflict with a spouse where you're like, oh, I cannot be bothered, you just get that exhausted front come inside. It's because we do, we wear, like we're made to get tired. It's normal. But there's just an amount of how much of me just goes, I cannot do this. And, and what am I in agreement with then? Like there's stuff to sift, stuff to talk through with people, stuff to pray through, it's okay, this is the journey. I don't say it at all to bring condemnation, please hear that. I just think it's important that we're aware of what we're talking about, all right? Um, I'm reading this little pamphlet by Basile Schlink. Anyone heard of her? She's a nun. Old school, super old, as in she's passed. Um, So really old, (laughs) am I allowed to say that? Um, But she's writing about the, this is called the royal priesthood, and in one point she talks about the importance of repentance constantly living in a daily state of repentance. If you think of the priests, um, Old Testament, New Testament, they still would enter the tabernacle first by washing their hands in the blood of Jesus. So though we've been given mercy every new day, there's new mercy. There's actually an appropriation for that, that we get to live in agreement with, thank you, Lord, that you've forgiven me for all my sins, and that we live a people who are confessing and repenting, not just once off and then you come to know Jesus, but you live a lifestyle of confession and repentance, all right? It's actually very normal. It's not a shame place. It's an honoring place. I honor the fact that I want to come into the presence and speak with the king, and so I appropriate his blood, because it's the only way I can meet with him, is by living under his blood. I often will join a conversation or whatever, and in the back of my mind, I just go, oh, Jesus, I just plead the blood of Jesus over me while I enter this conversation, because there can be so many things that well up that are not whole yet, all right? So we need the blood of Jesus now, not just when we first come to know him, all right? And she writes in here, often our ears are deaf because our hearts are in love with the world and they've grown hard in sensitivity and become insensitive to God's righteousness. So she's saying if there's any love to anything else, if our fountains are elsewhere, it will produce a deafness. It'll produce a dullness, which also means that we become hard-hearted. If you're seeing fruit of hard-heartedness, I don't often hear the Lord easily, though I'm going to go through some tools that might just need to be activated, and that's okay. But if there's anything like that, sometimes it's simply repentance. It's coming out of some of the things you drink from because you just want an answer now and you can't hear them. All right? Is that okay? Do you still feel loved? Good. Um, I said religion in here. I just want to touch on it. Um, anyone heard of, I'm sure many of you, Reese Howells? Reese Howells, new book. Yes. So this is a classic, Reese Howells, intercessor. But um, he has a little quote in here that I just thought, wow. And he says, I was outside the kingdom, which all my good life and religion had never enabled me to enter. You can't hear by being good. And you can't hear by being comfortable. Religion basically feels like you put a lot of things in place in your life that look biblical so that you don't have to change, grow, mature, or appropriate anything new. Okay? If you've got a good quiet time that's worked for you for years, you might want to shift it around a bit. Give it a bit of a spin because you, you form little structures, basically, that you get to live behind that means you're not accountable, you're not approachable, and if you've got any sin, you and Jesus will just deal with it. You don't need to bring it out in public and talk to anyone else because everything's so neat and tidy here, right? True, true living with Jesus has a beautiful messiness to it because we're open. We're before him, we're before the lamb who paid for it all, and we're one. So whether you know about my sin or not, you're affected by it. So I might as well tell you so that you don't go mad, all right? 
Is that okay? All right, so we've learned a little bit about this word and just expanding in it. I expand words to see if they are happening. Wow, this is going to take some time. <laughs> Help! Is there a spray? All right. It's also the two hands, you know, because it feels just like wobbly. This is where we have the ad break. You plus, <laughs> there's knives and, yes! Where would I be without you and my cup of tea? Mm. Don't you wish you were me? And all you coffee snobs. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Kai. It smells good too. All right, we're going to go into the word listening. Listening. All right, same deal. What does listening mean? Attentive. Attentive, that sounds very schoolgirl. Attentive. Wait, attentive. Attention. Act active. What's active listening? You guys are throwing things out at me. What's active listening? Hearing. Hearing, but if I'm active listening, am I saying back to you what you just said? Uh-oh. So active listening means I clarify what I've just heard, yes? Yeah, every married couple goes, yes! <laughs> ah, oh, dear. So I say it back. That's the line, right? Just say back to me what you heard, yeah? Does this trigger any intercessors button? Like, ooh, because we just decree what we heard? See how it's not like some huge intercessor title, it's just listening? Okay, good. All right, what else do you hear? Wait, this is important, attentive. Any of you got schoolgirl wounds? Like you have to sit quiet and you have to listen and you heard attentive? If you're a guy, you can say yes. I didn't mean that you had to be a girl. Yes, attentive. What is that? It's like, it's like an obedience thing, isn't it? Ooh, but I'm feeling like the wrong vibe of obedience, but it's actually there, isn't it? Uh-oh. Do you know what? This, this, this sucks. <laughs> yes, it's that. It's point. It's, it's, yes. This sucks unless. Yeah? So can we say, tell you what, if you're talking for a long time, it takes a lot of humility from me to listen. If it's true listening. Yeah? Which then makes me think, what's that verse? Slow to, slow to speak, yeah. Faith comes by, who of you in your, in your crushing times are feeling like your faith is low? Hearing by the, good, who is the word? Good. We're good. We know this stuff. See how it's just reminding things and it's going, hold on. What did we do before when we said um, slow to speak, quick to listen? It's a form of wisdom, yes? Wisdom draws out the heart. Okay, this is where we get fun. I've got, obviously, listening means I'm not dull of hearing, so there's no deafness, yes? Not deaf. All right, 
Now gets, we're going to get a bit more fun. So we've got listening. I'll show you where this is script, where this, good, yes, the waiting, that's good, that's good, I'm going to come to that, remind me. Is that spelt right or is there two M's? Welcoming. Does welcoming make sense on the listening? You walk into my house, I'm like, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Is it welcoming if I'm listening to what you're saying? I'm going to show you welcoming in scripture. It actually, this word ties in, I believe, with this one, which is a hosting gift. So can I say that listening is hosting? You said stillness. So that means no longer, so it comes into here for me, no longer hasty, slow, still, waiting, play on that word, waiting, yeah, I'm waiting on Jesus. Can you see things tie in? Are you flowing with me? Are you all right with this? Okay, what else? Hosting, what about, what, what the, the sheep hear his voice, wow, that's cool, so what? What do sheep do with a shepherd? They bleat. They pounce. No. <laughs> Yay! So does listening mean following, if it's appropriated? Yes. Yay! See how this all leads into what we're actually desiring? Yes, they do. Understanding. Yay! Someone say looking, looking. But no, this is important. Listening includes our, what is this? Listening includes, this is our ears, right? When we say listening, we're using our hearing. Just even basically. I'm talking, what are you using? Your? If you shut your eyes, this is fun. Let's do this. Shut your eyes. This is important. This is important. Shut your eyes. Trust me. I won't, I won't yell because that would be horrible. And I said something like this. Ahoy there, matey. What did you see? Ay, ay, ay. You saw, and you all see different things. That's okay. But did you suddenly kind of feel on a ship or at least see a pirate or there was a bird on your shoulder? There had to be. <laughs> Bolly want a cracker? You see when you hear. Yes? What about this one? Shut your eyes. Shut your eyes, please. You're like sunlight on my skin. All right. Who of you could feel warmth on their skin? Or you could picture it. You know when your hair starts to raise because you were cold and then you put your hand in the warm and then like, ah, oh, I'm, not, I'm not, no longer numb. And it, who felt it? Who felt like, ah? Oh. So now I'm not talking felt it. Who felt it? If you think about it, think about it. Did you sit there and did you feel a smile curl up on your lips? Ta-da. Feel externally. Feel internally. See we can do taste in a minute. What if I do this? Shut your eyes. You're like sunlight on my skin. 
same phrase, completely different emotion, different reaction. Could some of you picture it, or were some of you like, I just got a whipping and that was that burn color? <laughs> See? So hearing allows us to know an emotion and an intent behind what's being said. Hearing isn't I heard, hearing is I understood something else when you spoke. Do you see? So you don't just hear, you hear. So I'm not just reading scripture, I'm listening. Do you understand the difference? So we hear when we're listening. All right? And then taste is wonderful. You're like, honey on my lips. If you think about it, you can taste it. It's there. It's all through scripture. And when we when we are listening to the word, this should be happening. All of it. All of it. Because you, you never look at something without hearing. Even if you are physically deaf, you hear inside here. And you hear your skin say something. And you hear, you hear your mind tell you something. You always hear. You're just hearing everything else. Is that all right? There's lots of hearing. All right. Um, I also got some other words. So I, I say eating and chewing because for me this comes into discerning. And I, I like to expand any word that I pick up. I go, ooh, and then I do this because this is eating a word. All right? I'm going to dissect it. I'm like a cow. I have four guts. Three, four. To fail science. And, and it just comes in and comes up again and goes in. and I'm going to get the most I can out of everything you say to me. And I'll come back to it and find out I missed more, and then I go again. But it's amazing. Chewing means you taste better. Yeah? You taste everything so much better. So it's eating, chewing. Obviously, this process means it takes more time. Bummer. All right? Well, then I, so that means if I'm eating and chewing, it's that whole verse, you guys know it, which means I'm maturing because I'm exercising. Yay, everyone who loves exercising gets one place where it's permitted. And exercising, discernment, yep. Which means what? Practicing. So listening means listening, means listening, means listening. It takes lots of practice and always practicing, yeah? And if you stop for a little bit, you grow dull, just like exercising. If you stop, your muscles get a little bit weaker. So the practice of listening requires constantly practicing. Yay! So you've never reached the term of perfect listener. Right? Good. Do you know what else this does for me? This tells me, when I thought of this one as well, it tells me that listening shows care. An element of care means I listen, all right? So there's a posture before the Lord, I care. He's listening to us all the time. What does that mean? Yeah. I love that line in that song that, that he does, uh, the, the wine song, new wine. And I yield to you and to your careful hand. What a word. Like, yes, he is. That's why we can yield, because he's careful. All right. And then the other one was, I had consistency. God is our rock. What does that mean? He's our sure foundation. He's consistent. Never sleeps nor slumbers. He's a perfect listener. Uh -huh. Are we tracking okay? Are you all right with me expanding words so that you can go, am I a listener or do I know how to listen? None of this has condemnation. This is exploration. Is it all right? Do, when I go to the word, am I noticing that I'm listening or am I learning? 
Am I studying or am I listening? Yes, yes, care, compassion. That's a good one. Let's put it there. I was going to say that. It's what I find, thank you for saying that, was perfect, is that if, if we're listening and we gain this and our discernment grows, the fruit shouldn't be fear. The, shoot, the fruit should be empathy, compassion. Because what happens is you end up being someone who can talk to someone and feel what they're feeling. I know some people are more gifted in that area, but if those things are all ignited in you and you become one, you actually start to feel what they're feeling and it becomes natural, all right? Compassion, empathy. I love Amy's line, wisdom over compassion. It's true. We love compassion, but we always lead by wisdom. All right, um, John 10, my sheep hear my voice and they will follow me. Yay, hearing means following. Um, Ezekiel 12, 2, son of man, you live in the midst of the rebellious house. Did I tell you to remember rebellion before? Son of man, you live in the midst of the rebellious house who have eyes to see but do not see, ears to hear but do not hear, for they are a rebellious house. If there is any seed of rebellion in your life, or generationally, for that matter, you might find hearing hard and therefore seeing hard, or the other way around, all right? I had so much bitterness, so much bitterness. I I struggled with, I missed my family from a very young age. I just longed to be with my mom and my dad and my whole family together, but we always moved and sent off to school, and it is what it is, and they're wonderful. But I always had a longing for family, and it produced bitterness. I chose bitterness. I chose judgments. And I believe the Lord gave me a gift of a seer, and so I could be in a church meeting and pray for someone, and I could see a picture for them, not necessarily knowing if I knew the heart of the matter behind it, but I could see a picture fine. But I kid you not, never saw a picture for myself. I could not hear the Lord for myself. It baffled me. It was another root of anger for me. I was like, stuff you, you use me for other people. Why aren't you speaking to me just for me? The whole lot. I was just always approaching him with bitterness, which makes me so hard of hearing anyway. But it was, that was, that was the, the pin for me. It was like, I can see sometimes, but I actually can't hear or see for myself, which should be actually a fruit reality. I can't hear and I can't see for myself. Something's in the way, all right? And it's on our end. Um, it took my... Pride leading me, leading me to fall, and in my absolute crashing, the Lord woke me, and I heard him audibly. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that the mercy of God? That still wasn't me turning. But he let my pride lead me to a fall, and there I was, and he spoke. And from then on, I've had vision after vision, and I can hear his voice from the practice and from developing a trust with him that's increased that I feel so much more confident in hearing, seeing, and I mean it this way. So I don't try and be a seer. I just want to hear the Lord, and he can speak however he wants. And I tend to find if it's a picture, I expand on it myself. I look for how I felt, and I listen for what it was saying. So I don't want to just see. I want all of them. I want the whole katootie. So I expand on whatever I'm picking up. That's my little journal or whatever. And I'm going to go through some of my journal stuff with you. Is that all right? So I'm going to be like, what? from 2009 when I was super bitter. Um, but I want, I want to help you. I want to help you see this, is this process. All right. Um, yes, so if there's rebellion there, if there's pride, it, repentance would change a lot of your hearing, okay? I speak from knowing. Even with the gift on my life, I couldn't hear from me. Um, Jeremiah 7:23. but this is what I commanded them, saying, obey my voice and I will be your God and you will be my people and you'll walk in a way which I command you that it may be well with you. James 1, 19 to 21, this is the whole slow to speak, humility, meekness. Does everyone know what meekness is? It's like if you're the fastest horse and you could win every race and yet you're still willing to be bridled and you'd come last if he pulled you back and it would be fine. 
That's meekness. I have all power, and yet I'll rein into your command, and I'll go at your pace. It's good. All right? My dearest brothers and sisters, take this to heart. Be quick to listen and slow to speak. Be slow to become angry. Oh, sweet Jesus. For human anger is never a legitimate tool to promote God's righteous purpose. He doesn't need my force behind his. <laughs> so this is why we abandon everything morally impure and all forms of wicked conduct. Instead, with a sensitive spirit. That word sensitive spirit has a little thing behind it. I'm going to look it up. Yes, and with a gentle, meek heart. Oh, isn't that good? With a sensitive spirit, with a gentle, meek heart. The word gentleness is on my mind all the time at the moment. Fruit of the spirit. If they're not on your mind, something's funky. We absorb God's word with a gentleness of spirit, which has been implanted within our nature. Therefore, we can't hear unless our hearts are softened. All right? It's actually a gentle soil that allows us to hear. If we've become hard-hearted, which was my wonderful position in life, we can't hear because we've hardened We've hardened, not he doesn't speak the way I need him to, be, to hear, okay? Is that all right? Um, the word of life has power to continually deliver us. Continually deliver us. <sighs> Who here just loves the word of the Lord? Makes me happy. Um, there's a little quote here. I can't remember who had it. That's terrible. Sorry, I should say who it was. I don't know. Humility. Humility opens our ears to hear God speak. As we read his word, we humble ourselves in submission under his authority. We allow it to shape us, not demanding it change to fill cultural norms or our own perceived needs and desires. This is the same if you want to hear his word. You want to hear the word. You want to hear Jesus. We, we have to come in humbly. We approach God's word with plenty of room to ask questions and seek understanding. But as we do, we must not be arrogant, critical, or casual. Casual. Complacent. Meh. We must acknowledge our own need to receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save our souls. That's good, eh? I'm so sorry. I will find who, who that's from, and I'll, and I'll put it somewhere. All right. This is pretty intense. Jeremiah 5. Anyone read Jeremiah lately? I've been reading Jeremiah. Jeremiah 5, 21 to 25. Hear this, you foolish and senseless people. He's not talking to you, but maybe. No, he's not. But maybe. Who have eyes but do not see, who have ears but do not hear. Should you not fear me? See how he's putting the fear of the Lord into hearing? Fear of the Lord into seeing? Eh. Declares the Lord. Should, not, uh, should you not tremble in my presence? Oh, there's humility. Okay. I made the sand a boundary for the sea, an everlasting barrier it cannot cross. The waves may roll, but they cannot prevail. They may roar, but they cannot cross it. So let's just remember that God is great. Okay. He's bigger than we think. But these people have stubborn and rebellious hearts. There's that word again. So we've got a stubbornness, a stiff-neckedness, and we've got rebellion. Stubbornness often falls into the religious side of things, all right? This is the way it's going to be, and it's going to stay that way. All right, I'm not bending. They have turned aside and gone away. They do not say to themselves, let us fear the Lord our God, who gives autumn and spring rains in season, who assures us of regular weeks of harvest. Your, wrongdo your wrongdoings have kept these away. Your sins have deprived you of good. Just want to make sure that we're clear, that, that we get to clean our ears out. All right? Activation, his end. We get to clear it out. Is that all right? Keep your ears clear. Stay humble. Pray. Repent. It's okay. We all should live in a daily state of repentance. 
It's not for, like, the worst criminals on the planet. It's for us. It's really for us. You, Joe Bloggs, need the blood of Jesus today. Every thought you think ain't that holy. Every desire in your heart isn't that refined. Every part of you isn't that yielded. We need Jesus. And, it's, and he knows it, and he loves it, and that's why he died. So that we could just live in this abundance grace upon us right now of we're so acceptable to him because of the blood. Yeah? So we confess that we need the blood of Jesus. We don't walk around and go, thanks for your blood, living good today. We live each day confessing we need the blood of Jesus today. All right? Faith comes by hearing. Uh, Romans 10, 15, and now, and how can the message be proclaimed if messengers have yet to be sent? That's why the scriptures say, how welcome is the arrival of those proclaiming the joyful news of peace and of good things to come. That's the whole, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. But not everyone welcomes, see that word welcome? It's got a footnote. Obeys. Not everyone welcomes or obeys the good news. It's really important, isn't it? Welcoming the Holy Spirit is a form of obedience. Welcoming the good news of, of, of Jesus, just welcoming, listening is, is, is really our first call in life. <sighs> Lord, is there anyone who hears and believes our message? That's the next line. Is there anyone who hears? Faith then is birthed in a heart that responds to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one. So faith... What's that line? Comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's the passion translation of it. Pretty powerful. And then we know the Hebrews 5, 1, eating, chewing, maturing, discerning. Yes, we have much to say about this topic. <laughs> I love this how he's talking about moving into full maturity. And <laughs> we have much to say about this topic, although it's difficult to ex explain because you have become too dull and sluggish to understand. So it's hard to gain any understanding because you've become too dull and sluggish. Sluggish! I had a dream the other day with lots of slugs on the floor in the kitchen, and it was a industrial kitchen, so I looked that up, and it means church community. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying, <laughs> wow, I've just clicked. Don't worry. Anything I hear is for prayer. Don't you stress. I'm, I am also part of the church community, so in me, through me, but I'm like, why slugs? Of all things slugs, right? Sluggish. Wow, that is weird. Thank you for teaching me in my session today. Okay. Ah, okay. For you should already be professors instructing others by now, but instead you need to be taught from the beginning the basics of God's prophetic oracles or the basics of his word of the kingdom. You're like children still needing milk and not ready to digest solid food. For every spiritual infant who lives on milk is not yet pierced. Oh, do you know what that word pierced means? matured into, brought out, all right, not yet pierced, by the revelation of righteousness. Funny that pierced actually means pulled through, anyway, hmm. by the revelation of righteousness. But solid food is for the mature whose spiritual senses, all of those, so that means we get to have all of them, perceived heavenly matters, yay, so three things we hear, God, ourselves, other things, perceived heavenly matters, so some of the other things can come in there if it's warfare, and they have been adequately trained by what they've experienced to emerge with understanding of the difference between what is truly excellent and what is evil and harmful. That's what maturity is, by the way. It's a lot of warfare. Not fighting, but like, oh, nah, that's junk. Oh, no, that's me. That's Jesus. This is the truth, even though I heard myself adequately. Yep, I'm struggling today. I'm with you, heart. It's okay. This is what the Lord has to say. To, that's what mature is. Yeah? 
it's, it's adequately administrating your hearing all day. This is what that is. This is what I'll appropriate that. I'll chuck that. I'll bind that. I'll come into agreement with that. Does that make sense? That's your warfare. It's all up here. All right. I won't say the last one. That's just mean. <laughs> Act 7. So this is New Testament. <laughs> Acts 7.51, I was like, Jesus. You men are stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart. That means you haven't separated yourself from the things of the world. Stiff-necked, so stubborn, prideful. And in, in heart and ears are always resisting the Holy Spirit. Ow. Yeah. You are doing just what your fathers did. What a statement. But there's a little clue in there. It could be generational. Okay. See, if you listen to everything without shame, you hear a lot more, don't you? If you listen without condemnation, you actually hear tools, you hear instruction, you hear, oh, clarity, I can see my heart today. As soon as you come into agreement with shame, yeah, as soon as you, it's too, it's too painful. It's too painful. And then you don't want, you don't want to label anything because this is just, I'm drowning. Okay, what's the phrase when you have an EH session? If you're an EH, um, EH, sorry if that's code. In Australia, we use acronyms. Um, Elijah House, if you're a prayer minister, minister, you get encouraged that you should always interview the heart. Am I right? All right, so listening is interviewing. We can erase all of this if you want, but it doesn't matter. It can stay there. From here on in, we're going to listen. <laughs> all right, so interviewing the heart, which for me is a little bit clinical, but super, super important. So I get it. You're asking your heart questions, basically, or you're asking the person in front of you questions. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to give some tips on how to get to know your heart. So listening to your heart and then listening to the Lord. Everything else is junk. <laughs> no, but it's important to, these two are the ones I want to touch on the most. Is that all right? They will produce discernment anyway, and you'll notice what's not. But is this okay? I'm going to do it by revealing mine. Is that okay? I don't know if it is okay, but we'll go with it. <laughs> it's gonna, I, I made sure I didn't put my really, really ugly ones in here, but I've put a few. I said some horrible things to the Lord. But anyway, personally, I'm not a verbal processor. I've become more so because I've learned the language of my heart. So your heart speaks a language, it's these, because it's your ears and your eyes of your heart that have gone deaf and blind. This is the way that your heart speaks. Some people go, oh, it's so emotional. There is emotion because there's an internal feeling, but it's not all emotional. Another way to look at it is they talk about the brain super simplifying. You have three levels, especially if you're thinking about your children. I don't have this 100% accurate, but basically they're born with one level and going, and that's the need and the I'm scared, fight, flight, that little function of their brain's going, right? And they develop really quickly the next function, which I think is... Um, all the emotional swirl. So that's why when they have a tantrum, it's full on and it's like because they couldn't, you know, cut their toast. It's Toby. Or because, you know, he can't play with the oven or whatever. So it becomes super emotional and we go, I'll, I'll rationally help my child with this. No, sweetie, see, it's too hot. And da 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 da. And they're like, emotions. And then eventually you go, I can't handle this. And then you sit in the emotion place and you have a tantrum back, right? So that's the second level. The third level of rationale actually only kicks in for them properly starting to develop. Like you can lean on it when they're seven and it's fully developed in your early twenties. So that part of rationale, I, I tickle it all the time with Toby because I want it to ignite, but I can't really expect him to be an adult. 
It's just not going to happen. And so I always ask Toby to listen because then I, then I can be in it with him. But sometimes he's just got to let his emotions out because that's where he's at. And that's just toddlerhood. All right. We, we have all those levels. And sometimes when we hit certain things in our hearts, we just switch one or two off. So that's why sometimes it can seem far more chaotic than we, in our today, way of living, feel comfortable with. All right. Because usually a lot of that's just childhood stuff. So it only comes with those things that are functioning then. So as much rationale as we want, when you go to your heart, you might not get the rationale straight away, all right? Here's a tip. So this is what I do, and then I'm going to read mine. Can everybody trust me and shut their eyes? All right. So I'll go. Nowadays, I can go, heart, how are you going? It's a great interview question. Back then, I'd say nothing because I couldn't be bothered, right? This is 10 years ago. You can be relieved. I've come a little bit further in life. All right. So I'm sitting there and I shut my eyes and I call it going beneath the surface or going underwater. You know when you're in a pool and you go underwater and then you have no weight anymore and everything goes quiet? It was that. I'm like, I'm going down and it's not the same reality as functioning up here where everything's busy. I'm just going down. Then I'm like, roll with me. I'll just, I can't see anything. It's just black. Okay? How many of you do that? I want to hear my heart. Nothing. It's just black. So most of us will go, stuff this, I'm going to go get a coffee. But everything has something. That's a little bit crazy, but hear me out. It's black. It's black. Turn on all your other senses for me. It's black. When things are black, it just feels like there's nothing here. It feels like nothingness. It's quiet. It's quiet. If I sit there, then I go, I'm alone. Do you see how I'm expanding my picture by turning on my other senses? Initially, I would say, there's nothing there, but if something's black and it feels so quiet, then I must be alone. And I'm not trying to put Jesus into this. I'm just sitting there going, how are you doing? Then I'm like, then, then you'll hear me because somehow in me I'm annoyed. I'm feeling that because, you know, my top emotion in life is always frustration. It's very pretty and feminine. Anyway, so I'm sitting there and I get this. <sighs> and when I did that, I saw smoke, smoke come out my nose. Do you see how now my picture has stuff in it? Smoke came out my nose. Right. Now I'm thinking, yeah, I feel alone and I feel beastly. Do you see where I've gone with black? I'm not creating anything. I'm just letting it say something, and I'm telling it it's fine. Just say it. Just in that, I've already come up with this feeling like if I actually check on my heart, it feels isolated. And my response initially to hit feeling that way is I can't be bothered because it's black. Bye. Do you see what I mean? You can look up at me. That seems like, oh, Rachel, you're going somewhere. But I will explore it until I go, Why? And then stuff will start coming up because I've given it time, because I've been slow. Do you see what I mean? So go, why do you feel beastly? And you just go on a whole journey. You just go on a whole journey. I promise you the Lord starts to tell you stuff in there. It might start pretty ugly and disappointing. And then the more you talk, the more you have this conversation, more comes up. As a mom, having time to do this is really hard. So please don't, you know... Some of us, in fact, I'd say all of us, have to learn to slow our lives down. We've been on a rat race for years. I I don't think it's normal. It's praised by secular 
perspectives, it's successful by most people. In fact, if you're a mum and you're busy, you're winning. Um, one of the big things that, that I've just had in the last two weeks, epiphanies, I know a lot of mums out here have grasped this, I'm sorry, this is embarrassing, is that if I'm with Toby for the day, the first thing I yield is going by time. Then we have an amazing time. But if I go by time, then we need to be here, we have to go there, it needs to be this quick. Because that's normal to me. I'm just going to dash into the shops. I'm just going to pop over here and get this thing quickly in those three minutes that I have spare. It's the last way to work with a toddler successfully. There are and always will be moments where I'm going to say, Toby, you need to get in the car now. Because that's life. But actually doing the pace with him requires me not being time-focused. If I'm going to go to the shops to pick up a packet of muffins for my mum, I give myself at least an hour just in case. If we take quicker, good. If we take longer, meh. It just has to. Do you understand? It's, it's, it's a parenting thing, but it's also I'm listening to what he needs. He's listening to me because by the third time he gets what I'm saying. It's not this, get it now, let's go, expectation on each other. Does that make sense? Listening takes time. You have to yield time to stop the expectation that I'm supposed to hear straight away or that he's supposed to tell me everything straight away. So we yield expectation when we go slow. It becomes a lot softer. Humility comes in and it's okay. So if you're a mom, for me, it's, I, I couldn't journal the way I used to. I used to sit with a computer or I'd write in a notebook. Now, <laughs> late at night when everyone's gone, I'll just pick up my phone on pages and I'll just write down like four or five lines. I just make sure that we're, we're okay. I've given you time like I've given them time like I've given them time. Do you know what I mean? It might not be every day. There's grace somehow, especially in those early days. But you need to slow things down to prioritize listening because apparently that's what causes us to live. Yeah? All right. Here's one for discernment and kind of because it's amusing. I thought I wouldn't give you my ugly one. I'll give you my interesting one first. Sunday, April 19th, 2009. I awoke expecting the norm today, whatever that might be. I rolled out of bed, only to find I'd been asleep on a lilo at sea. I landed in foul, murky water in the place where my slippers should sit. Acerbity, it fizzed and popped and beckoned me to wade in it. Who knows what acerbity is? That rough, astringy taste in your mouth, it's acidity, it's bitterness. So I'm, I woke up and literally got out of bed and I felt like I landed in bitterness, all right? Next line. I have clambered back onto my lilo. I'm uncomfortable and frowning. I don't know why I woke this way, but I do not feel like drowning. So this shows avoidance. Does it, if you look at this now with all our tools, I'm discerning something that could almost be around me, not in me, but I've woken up with something. So you just jot down stuff you pick up. You don't have to call it bad or unholy. Like, ew, you're bitter again. <laughs> repent, repent. Like, right. Journal. Journaling is actually the slower way instead of talking. Talking comes a little bit later. Or talk and then go and write it down. All right? Um, Yes. So even here, I'm talking about how I landed on something. It fizzed and popped. It beckoned me to wait. So I'm actually trying to analyze what I hit. So I'll be like, I feel yucky. So I call back and I'm like, why do I feel like I don't want to do today? What is stop? Why do I feel fearful? Why have I got anxiety? Before you start, sit and go, what is this? So I would write poetry a lot because a lot of my shame barrier meant if I just said out loud how I'm feeling today, I'll feel stupid. 
or in the past in my teens, because I struggled with so much, um, I had a lot of depression in my teens, if I wrote it down and then viewed it on a good day, I'd, t I'd think I was an absolute idiot, because it's so low. You know when you're in that real low place and you write it and then you look back on a few weeks later and you're like, oh, you're such a douche. And then I'd be so embarrassed, I'd throw out my whole journal. So I was like, fine, how do I do this where I keep it and call it precious? And so I'd write poetry. Because if you walk through a museum full of art, you're like, wow, I love that pink in there. That's nice. Oh, yeah, I love that little stripe of gold. Unless you're incredibly discerning, you don't always know what the artist's intent was when they painted it, but you think it's really beautiful. So I wrote poetry thinking, you can come walk through the museum of my heart. Look, you can read my poem. But I don't know if you'll actually understand it, so I don't have to be worried about you judging me or thinking anything ugly of me, but you can appreciate the art. Thank you. So it's, it was a self-protection move, but it meant that in that place I could go very deep instead of avoid the topic because it's stupid. See what I mean? So finding art, even if you're a painter, to express or write songs, it actually helps because you have a respect for what's coming out instead of thinking it's a whole lot of junk. All right? Okay, can, can, you, can you go with me to a little bit more interesting place? Tuesday, April 21st, 2009. Dormancy. Uh-oh. See, later in life I learn all this stuff, but at the time this was a normal phrase. Dormancy. I didn't understand what I was talking about. I was just writing. I peered through a pore today. Somehow I found a hole. My foot and mouth moment had caused commotion and then, of course, inability to resolve. I don't normally go looking. I blissfully dwell in ignorance. But what I saw, just for a moment, ruined my existence. Never peer below the surface. Never dig down deep. Turmoil like a monster breathes black water in its sleep. I shuddered at the sight of it. Its angry eyes could slowly open. Its hatred, shame, venom pure in a heart humiliated and broken. I shivered at the sight of him. How could it dwell in me? I pulled my eyes away, then my mind, and I ran away quite quickly. I peered through a hole today. I didn't like my find. I'm sitting here all jittery. I know he'll wake more in time. Back then, my heart was a beast to me. This thing that you train and chain and tell what to do and then shut up. That's how I treated my heart. And so suddenly I was seeing it because I was journaling and it was this beast that I was totally petrified, petrified to witness. Can you keep journeying with me? No shame? Okay. Tuesday, April 28th, 2009. Surrender. I have a poor level of trust with God. I do not yield. I'm like a china ballerina doll, and I'm slowly turning to the music of my open coffin. I'm beautiful, but I'm fragile. If God touched me, he'd break me. This sounds like super negative, 
But I was finally realizing, because I was like, why won't you talk to me? Why won't you come close? Look at all I do for you. Come close. And he was like, you don't yield. You don't yield. If I come, you'll just shatter into pieces because you're not willing to be molded by me. I saw myself doing my amazing performance in my coffin. It was just this moment of, I don't trust him. So whatever he does, it's not going to work. It's just going to be, screw you, because it hurt. Or, you know what I mean? He could do the best thing for me and I'd blame him for it. It would shatter me because I'm so resistant. There's this quote by David G. Benner, and I wrote it underneath here, so I'd been learning. It's called Surrender to Love, that book. It's brilliant. Any book by David G. Benner, highly recommend. And so this is me. You can Thankfully, I was starting to learn in 2009. And it says, only surrender is powerful enough to overcome our isolation and alienation. He won't touch us if we're resistant to him. Only surrender is powerful enough. Yielding is the key to living, all right? Are you ready? May 11th, 2009. Dear me, this is only a month, so I'm chewing stuff now because I'm writing, all right? I used to be afraid of you, monster deep inside. My outer calm tenacity guards me from you, terrified. I would call you evil, and I shivered when you breathed. I scolded, I shackled, and I tortured you. I could never let you feed. But now I'm silenced by your power. You're begging to be free. Your creative words, scent and touch, you're my true epitome. If I turn my ears internal and lie quiet, Deathly still, I can watch you as you move and hear whispers of free will. Your lips move. Are you singing softly? I see scales falling away. Fear and lack of self-control, they're just a veil that starts to fray. Why was I so scared of you? You are the eternal part soul in slumber still in chains how does a friendship start i should listen more to you and feel what you can feel forgive me for my fear of you i'm wanting you to heal years and years of loneliness trapped inside my frame so i'll touch you and i'll watch you and i'll hold you Till you are young again. Yay, I befriended myself. It's so important to know your heart and to do the journey because if you walk around going, no one knows me, no one cares, no one hears me, no one understands me, no one knows how to find me, I probably should encourage you that if you don't know how, you can't show them how. Alienation is often self-induced because we don't invite people in on the journey of what you're already doing. Yeah? How's this? This is, I moved to Australia, yeah, September, 
September 1st, first day of spring, 2009, I went for a walk. I'd only been here a couple of days. I went for a walk. I was still smoking cigarettes at that point. I used to read my Bible, read a bottle of wine, drink a bottle of wine and smoke cigarettes all at the same time. Praise Jesus. <laughs> so I quit smoking after this moment, all right? I went walking. I stood watching the sunrise. It had sort of already come up a bit, so it wasn't like cold, cold, though spring's not too bad. But I stood there, and that wind is still a bit nippy, you know? I'm blinking back at the, pink, at the peaking sun, sleeping in the grayest dawn, breathing with a tingling lift in the corner of my drying lips. War wrinkles rend rosy relief into my cheeks as sweeping wisps of air and hair tickle my nose, my chin. I grin, I sigh in. Standing in this open space of morning's embrace, I see who you are, deliverer parting the seas in me. You bore water from my heart of stone, and I believe, I believe, O oh God of Israel, I believe that you'll do miracles in me. See the shift? Just the journeying, yes. But even witnessing, like, I was hard and bitter, and you've made me soft. I feel my trust coming through. So I write that too. Not everything is gloomy. Some journaling is just witness and testimony, witness and testimony, witness and testimony, all right? Is that okay? So I just wanted to invite you in on some of my process, and that was from my torment to my hope. And it continues, and I write weirder things now because you know more than you know than you know, so you go so much broader, and the metaphors are greater. It's intense. But I just want to welcome you to start learning the language of your heart. Um, it is more than just factual bullet points. It has a feeling, it has a taste, it has a smell, it has an internal, external, it has a sound. And let that all come through. You have to actually engage with it to know it. Yeah? You have to engage with your heart to be alive. Engage. Live. You've got to engage with the heart. Call it forward. Awaken. Listen. Spend time. All right? Listening to his voice. This is nice and quick. I won't take long, but this is the best part. You can go all those places there, and it can be intense. But when you listen for his voice, for me, just reading the word, but it's through song, because songs are based on the word and based on Jesus. It's through other people talking when things resonate, dreams. When we listen to his voice, it should impact in that same deep place if everything is engaged and alive. If this is engaged, then we hear the goodness of him, not just the torment that we're in. Yeah? Denial means nothing is heard either way. So I want to hear everything, which can seem crazy, but if we can step out of agreement of shame and self-rejection and self-pity and start to just listen to, listen to your heart as an interviewer and then listen to the Lord. It impacts in the same spot. It's just as deep. It's so good. Um, all right. So let's just do, on Wednesday, we sung out a song that's been, whatever. It's Psalm 23, but it's a simpler form. I'm going to have it up here for you. So it's, oh Lord, my God, you are my shepherd, my rock. You are my fortress and my shield. You're the defender of my heart. Yeah. Do you mind wiping that for me? We're going to do the same thing. All right, so I will sing that, 
So some people, I don't mean it rudely, sometimes we sing stuff and it's on repeat and like, oh my goodness, this is monotonous, right? Like, why did we say that line 12 times and we're still singing that line? I'm high repetitive because I believe a revelations upon revelation isn't upon revelation. I like to chew. So, so yes, I will listen to it. My mum used to tease me, even when I was young, I would find a song, like from Darlene <laughs> or from somewhere, and I would sing and I'd be like, wow, that's a good song because I didn't really know what was going on, but my spirit was going, yes. And so then that would be my song. And so mum goes, is that the song for the day? And I'm like, yes. So my poor household. But it would just be the same song on repeat all day. I know, exhausting. But something in me is going, yes, yes, yes. And I don't quite understand, but I'm staying in my yes because something's, something's being watered and it just needs a few more rounds. Do you know what I mean? So don't think you've heard just because you've heard it once. So this is something we should all be quite familiar with, Psalm 23, yeah? So I've condensed it down. Oh, Lord, what is Lord? Yes, but what makes him Lord? Yes? No, no, no. What makes him Lord for you? What makes him Lord? Obedience. What makes him Lord to you? Don't list out his personality. I know he's awesome. We, this whole thing is about him. So why does this word Lord make... Why did he use the word Lord? Why does it even need to be there? Why do we say, oh, Lord? Because you're the one thing I'm following. Yeah? You're the one I'm submitted to. Anything you say, I'm yes. Yes? You have my yes. Okay. My God. So we use the word God with a little g for everything. Why do we have to say God? Why, why, why my God? Oh, Lord, my God. What's a God? What is God with a capital G? Oh, Lord, my God. Yes. Is he your first love? Would that make him your God with a capital G, or is he just like everything else in your life? Don't let familiarity rob you from hearing. This is what your spirit needs to sit in, in that same place that's been like, oh God, my first love, yes? The greatness is beyond measure, yes? Whenever we talk about this God, I always say Big G reminds me of greatness. He's the one who carved the earth, you know what I mean? Like the greatness of God comes with a capital G, yeah? You are my shepherd, so what? What's amazing about him being a shepherd? Yeah. Come on. Protector. Leader. He leads me in and he leads me out, yeah? Both. This is important. Oh, Lord, the one I'm saying yes to. My God, my first love, you have my devotion, yeah? Because you're great and you're good, right? You are my shepherd, my leader, my protector. What else? Provider? Yeah? Is this important to chew on? Yeah? Anything else? I've got keeper. I always love how he just keeps me. He knows my seasons. He knows the right time for everything. He's my keeper. I'm precious. I'm not just an obstacle. I'm very precious. He's my keeper. All right? My rock. Yay. What's the foundation good for? Building on? Good. 
So he's my sure foundation. I can build in here, which means what? Which means he's faithful. I can't build on something if it's going to keep moving. So he's the same, unchanging. He's a promise of growth. So I've got expectation now. Yeah? My rock, he's sure, he's secure. Come on. Does a rock last any type of season? Pretty much, eh? Don't build your house on a sandy bank. Don't build it too near the shore. Who else listened to that one? Oh, wow. Just jiving on my own here. All right. So any season, you can bank on him. You can bank on him. You can place your bets. You can place your bets. It's a sure win. Yeah? Yes, I talked about betting and talked about Jesus. All in the same go. All right, you can rely. So he's reliable, trustworthy. Hey, guys, I'm already feeling like my tummy's getting something. Do you feel it? Do you feel like you're chewing something good? This is what you get up every day and say you believe in, by the way. This, this is who you say that you're following. It's good to just dwell on it for a bit, yeah? Yeah? You are my fortress. Well, what's the difference? What's a fortress? Structures. Where else do we learn about structures? Hey! So who's our structure? Jesus. He's the structures. Hey, if that's gibberish, how can we explain this best? Um, the ways in which we live that support our inner vows or judgments, they become structures. So sometimes you can repent for your sin, but you still behave the same way. Those structures need to come teared down, cross between them. So Jesus is the way, yay, the truth and the life. So he becomes our structures. What else is amazing about a fortress? It's a whole building, right? It stands. So I have somewhere I can go. It is a home, a belonging, and it withstands en masse war. Yeah? Yeah? So on mass, is it with an E when it's like that? On mass? Is it French or is it just on mass? Oh, darn, I wanted to be cool. I'm not French. Okay, on mass. But do you know what I mean? Like it, it withstands an army. Yes? My fortress surrounds with a lot of room. You've got breathing space in there. Yes? Guess what? It fits you and all oh, your family. They'll all fit in there. Come on. It has a... (laughs) Hello, crocodile. (laughs) It does. It does. It's layer upon layer of safety, hey? Not just one level. I love it. Come on. For some of you, this is like, hold up. This This is a place I have no... I don't have a belief, but just dwelling on this is making me go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah? I go, whoa, 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 when I chew. The whole time. I don't sit in it thinking I know everything. I When I'm writing this down, I'm going, oh, come on. Do you hear what I mean? It's brilliant, right? (laughs) This is Jesus. It's not a fairy tale. This is literally what we bank on. We either have faith or we have nothing at all. It's true or nothing is true. Yeah? So this is room. It's got room. Room for my whole family. All right? Great. So then why? the next line is he's my shield. Mm -hmm. Isn't that kind of the same thing? 
And what do shields usually protect you from? What? Arrows. Flying arrows. I always think of the lies, the enemy torment, the little things that have been there since you were little. This thing. This thing. Even in your unknown warfare. This thing. Yes, it is. Yep. So on your day-to-day basis when you're going out. So I feel like I go home. This is where I wrap myself in him. But wherever I go, he's a shield about me. Psalm 3 verse 3. Yes? Yes. Never alone. Yeah? Elaborate. Yes. Ah, you got me in my... uh, That is so good. Yes, Jesus is our identity. I love it. You just hold up that, suckers. All right. It's good, right? It's so good. All right, so wherever you are, there's a place of hiding, which means our own self-hiding is not required. Let's be real. So self-protection, is it necessary? Okay. All right, you're my defender. Hold up, this is cool, because all of this has been super, super on the defense, yep. But he's just said he's the... What does that mean? That means I can live on the offense. If he's our defender, then he takes every voice of accusation on himself, and I can live on the offense. Yeah, I'm not trying to think, how do I dodge the next bullet? How do I get through today without getting hurt? How do I avoid pain? That's not how we, we live going, what do I run into with you today? Do you understand? He's the defender, so we become living on the... You people who love basketball, you should have been singing that by now. Uh, so, no need to self-protect. Yeah? And then what's the last one? Of my? Of my? Ah. So, he doesn't think that the spiritual part of you that's connected with him in union perfectly since, you know, Jesus, Holy Spirit, is the part that he'll look after. He wants to look after the very core of you. The very part still in agreement with sin. That part. All right. So when we're in worship and it's like, you're the defender of my heart. Oh, yeah, this is Psalm 23. I know these words. Am I listening? Am I saying back to him what he's just said to me? Yeah? This is fun. I think we said it, we sung it about, what's that, 19, 19, 20 times? More. All right. One more time, Kai. I'm sorry. We're nearly there. We're nearly there. Are we okay? There's only four kids in kids' church anyway, so... I'm going to go through Psalm 121. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's, it smells good. Yay. Awesome. So this is going in theme, so we don't have to be like super genius. I'm going to just roll with it. But I just did Psalm 23. Now I'm going to do Psalm 121. You're going to do this. I'm just going to write things down. Thanks, Kai. You're amazing. This is why if you don't like to read the Psalms, that's probably another fruit of something in your heart that's a little bit dull. I recommend reading Psalms often because Psalm engages all your senses. It's a heart language to a heart God, okay? 
So find the Psalms and just read them. Just keep your heart alive. Don't get all like spiritual doctrine, spiritual doctrine, and forget your heart. All right? All David's doing is saying, this is what my heart's feeling. This is what you're saying. He's just doing a lot of listening. That's what David's doing. All right? Psalm 121. Is it up at the beginning? All right. I look up to the mountains and hills. This was in the worship time today. Longing for God's help. What could that mean? I look up to the mountains and the hills. Are we listening? Let's chew that for a bit. Is that like back in the day, attacks would often come from up if you were down? Does that mean that he's down because he's looking up? So is he in a valley? Are you all right with me positioning myself in there and just chewing it? I look up to the mountains and hills. What if it's like I look up to these things that are so good and successful and strong? I look up to the places that seem so much more peaceful than here. It could be any. I look up out of anxiety. What's the next thing coming to shoot at me from up there? Yeah? I look up to the mountains and the hills longing for God's help. Great longing. But then I realize that our true help and protection come only from the Lord. So whatever, he's maybe longing for rescue to come. He's longing for another source to come and appease and heal that place. But then he realizes the only true help and protection is going to come from the Lord. From the Lord. The Lord. The one I'm obedient to. All right? And then it says, our creator who made the heavens and the earth. So he's already saying, but my actual answer to this problem comes from things way bigger than this problem. There's only one who's greater than anything great. Yes? So what is he doing? He's listening, he's seeing, and he's writing down what he's thinking, and then he's hearing, hold on, there's one greater than anything great. That's where my only help's going to come from. Let's do this. This is fun. Verse 3, he will guard and guide me. God, you got this. Are you all wanting to read the whole thing before you think? There's lots more than that. Let's just do the first phrase. He will guard and guide me. What's God? God, protect, yeah? What does a guard do at a door? Stands watch. Oh, someone who can be a better intercessor than me. Stands watch. Hold on. What does a guard do if you go to a pub and you're under 18? He bounces you out, bro. So he only lets the right thing in? Yes? Only lets the right thing in, yes? God. So he's protecting, he's watching. Yes, he does stay close. And then the other side of it is he goes way ahead to make sure it's completely clear. Hey? Yeah? Does that feel all right? That's just a couple. He's my God and and he will guide me. That's a bit into the shepherd thing, isn't it? Guide me. Um, who knows people who are maybe blind and they have a guide dog, yeah? So guiding for me has an element of next to my side explaining what's happening next. Does that ring true for you guys? He's not just a guide as in, here's your mystery list, see you in a fortnight if you make it. Do you know what I mean? He's not giving me a quiz and saying, try find me. He's guiding me. So he's like, right, your next step, you're going to go down a little, it's fine, just use your foot slightly on an angle to the right. Is that okay? Can it be that detailed? Can Jesus be that close? Tour guide, explain your surroundings, good. So this is slow, um, slow, detailed, because the whole point of a guide is to get you somewhere, yes? So he's going to make every effort to make sure you get there, yes, all right? 
God, uh, you've got to uh, explain everything around you so that you can feel natural there, yes? So that means you're getting informed. Is this fine? I'm going to move on to the next one. That's just a couple of things with guide. There's loads there. You could pretty much walk with your eyes shut if you have a good guide. Okay? So you don't need to know where you're going. All right. Never letting me stumble or fall. Who here goes, I've stumbled and fallen before? No, come on. So then what's this line? Never letting me stumble or fall. What? How'd that be true? Never letting me. So let's go back to what he said. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, my God. Yeah, yeah, Lord. Never letting me stumble and fall. So if we're in obedience, do we stumble and fall? If we're not listening, do we stumble and fall? Okay, so if we listen to the guide, we're never stumbling or falling. It's a promise. It's a fruit of listening, fruit of obedience. Never lets us. His guiding hand is so careful that if you're listening, he will never let you stumble or fall. That's how good he is. You can bank on him. Remember, he's a rock. All right? God is my keeper. We did that one before. Do you remember? Keeper. Precious, you're important to him. It's not just another pleb that he's looking after. Oh, look at these bunch of ants on the floor. Let's make sure they get to their house. You're precious. Each one of you, your keeper. He keeps you. He will never forget nor ignore me. See, that one I don't even have to expand on because that one already hits me. Not once, never will he forget you or ignore you. You're not annoying. He hasn't heard it all before. You're not exhausting, tiring, a burden. He said it in the same line as he's your keeper. You're so precious that he'll never forget you or ignore you. Do you understand the value of that whole line? There is not one concern on your heart that isn't important to him. He will never slumber nor sleep. Praise Jesus. (laughs) Someone's watching while we're not. Someone's aware while we're not. In our dullness, he is hearing. He is so wonderful in his promise to do it when we can't. Yeah? He is the guardian God. It says it again. He said it twice. How interesting is that? He is the guardian God for his people Israel. Jehovah himself will watch over you. Jehovah himself, that's a person, so he himself, so it's very personal, yes? In Revelations, it talks about how Jesus becomes your tabernacle and he actually bends his body over you. Jehovah himself will watch over you, that he would curl you into his very core. Is that crazy? God of all creation will bend himself over you. That's very humble. I think it's okay for us to learn humility if he's willing to stoop low for us. He's always at your side. There was an always in there. Did you hear it? When you hear always, you can bank on it meaning always. When I hear all, I always scribble it. Like I'm like, all, always. He's always by your side. Which comes into this. Do you think he's trying to say something? To shelter you safely in his presence. Yay, we're not isolated in our sheltering. This is so important. He's really reiterating the shelter that you feel, the the protection that you're going to is going to come by my company. 
You have me. You have fellowship in the hiddenness. You're not just going to be protected, but it's like you're in a prison cell. Well, thank goodness, at least I'm not being hit by everything. He's saying, no, 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 you get protected by me, which means you get fellowship. You get oneness. You get conversation. You get community. You get healing. You get discussion. You get awakening. That's what being sheltered by Jesus is. It's complete fellowship, all right? He's protecting you from all danger, both day and night. Yay. What's day? What happens in the day? Light, which means you can... Yay. What happens at night? Dark, which means you... I love this. He's protecting you from all danger. There's an amount that we are responsible for, that we're aware of, that we're growing into, maturing, and I go, there's a lot that I see and I take responsibility for, and there's a lot that I don't see. From my own sin, I don't see. From my own choice to be in denial, I don't see. And yet he still keeps, where his mercy allows it, according to his laws, he will still keep me out of danger both day and night. I'm still alive because of Jesus. Yeah? He will keep you from every form of evil or calamity as he continually watches over you. Man, when we have expectation on him like this, it allows us to be more directive. I'm experiencing a lot of evil and calamity in my life. Like what is, genera- what is being permitted? Because anything that's been permitted, he then says it's permitted. But whatever's not, like have I given him a list and said, actually, if it's from my grandmother's side, it's okay. And so the bouncer says, well, she said it's from her grandmother's side, so it's fine. Do you see what I mean? What has been permitted? Oh, it's just that that friendship is so good. They really know how to stroke my wounds when it's a bad day, so it's okay. Jesus, just let that one be. So then the bouncer says, this is the list of people you've said you're fine with. It's permitted. There's an amount here where we go, what have we permitted if we're seeing it in our lives? Because he said to us that he'll keep us from every, every. It's another all. It's an every. Every form of evil and calamity. Yes? as he continually watches over us. We get to stay in safe harbor 24-7. It doesn't mean that we don't experience hardship. It doesn't mean that we don't experience pain, but there's a safe harboring that just leads you through because he's the protector, yes? You will be guarded. It's that word again. He's really big on it, all right? By God himself, you will be safe when you leave your home and safely you will return. What a promise. Speak that over your kids. Yeah? He will protect you now and he'll protect you forevermore. I didn't want to spend too much longer because I'm aware of the time. Can you see how opening it makes you dwell on it, makes you grasp it? Listening helps you hear. Is that okay? Are you feeling a difference? Are you feeling like something's going in there besides familiar? Because familiar just goes like this, doesn't it? It's like poem, that's nice. Where when you start to eat on it, something gets implanted. Even if all it is is a stirring of unbelief. Oh, this hits my nerves. That's okay. That's the conversation you want to then have, all right? That's the sifting you want to have with your friends. Why is this not the fruit in my life? And why am I tasting bitterness when I say that? Like, you've got to do it all. Do you know what I mean? So it will lead you into discernment because you've got to go, what is this? And then listen to yourself when you're in that process. Am I angry? Am I fearful? Am I anxious? You start to hear yourself as you process what you're even having stirred up by the goodness of God. We were in the prayer, and I remember feeling like my skin was burning by his pleasure. And I went, man, our flesh dies even in his goodness. It's not just in his telling you, let's correct this, let's do this. In his goodness, in discovering how wonderful he is, our our flesh dies. 
It's the same sort of, sort of revealing. You don't have to be told off. You just have to be shown his face. And you're like, wow, wow, I don't believe this. Why? Um, and so we spent some time really then appropriating it. So when I read this and when we read it out in the prayer time, then we, we, we chewed on it. We expanded on it. And then I, I, we had a prayer. And I literally was like, Papa, I bank my heart on this word. I bank my heart on it. It was like a challenge of, if this is true, then let me put my full body weight on it. Do you know what I mean? Not like, that's a nice story. It made me feel better for a few minutes today. It's either true or it's not true. And so you need to live with that leap of conviction, the listening that leads to obedience. Is that all right? So when we're reading through these things and you go, wow, that's amazing, don't stop there. Put it, like, I literally saw the word landing on intimidation in my heart, because as I read it, I just realized how much intimidation I'd been feeling that day. It revealed what I'd been against, but I was unaware of it till I read that book. Do you know what I mean? So then I, I put it down, and I wasn't like, oh, Bible. I was like, Jesus, the word. Jesus, I bank on this today. Let you, Jesus, sit on this root of intimidation in my life and pull it out. Do you see what I mean? You just set your heart onto the truth of it and listen and then appropriate it, apply it, carry it out, be obedient with it. Don't let hearing and walking away unchanged be the way that we live. That's foolishness. Is that all right? Should we pray? Because hungry? Is that other thing telling you there? Yeah, yeah, thirsty? Yeah, well, I have my cup of tea. Let's pray. Won't you put your hands over your ears? I'll yell so you can still hear me. ha, ha, ha. Father, we've come in with your Holy Spirit today only by your grace that you're popping and unplugging anything that's been blocking and um, restricting our ability to hear your goodness and your kindness and your promises over our lives. Lord, when we hear you, there is never shame, there is never condemnation, there is never a discipline that has displeasure. It's never comes from a father who's displeased and sick of it all. Lord, you speak to us with kindness and mercy, and you are very to the point, but you do it with such goodness in your heart. And so, Lord, we just bow today to hearing your voice and not letting any other mountain that has caused us so much pain to be in the way of your voice. We repent, Lord, for making them idols of how we should live and how we should be governed, that we've guided our lives by the idols of pain. We've, gu we've guided our own lives by the idols of shame, and we've guided our own lives even by the idol of failure. Lord, whatever it is that's kind of dictated how we will live today, well, we'll expect that it'll suck so we won't bother. Whatever it's been that's given us permission to die, we repent. We repent. We repent, Lord. We take it seriously that we're either hot or cold, that we're either hot or cold. We can't be in the middle. We can't do complacency and just pick it our way. Lord, we want to hear you and be fully alive. We want to run fully alert and engaged, recognizing that we're safe in you, Jesus, that you keep us. So, Lord, we just pray even now that you would minister to our ears anything that's been so hard to hear, that's been um, repetitive trauma, that's been um, even the voice of the enemy has been so loud that we've just chosen to shut everything down. Lord, we just pray for hiding prayers right now that you would reveal in the sifting and in our leaning in anything generational, anything territorial, anything in season that must be bound by your hand, Lord, and by our repentance. We pray that you would reveal it to us today. Day, Jesus, that you would reveal it in this hour, in this season, that we would be held and kept in your hand and that revelation light would come upon us. It would come through into our hearts, every part, Lord, and that we would know to respond, that we wouldn't walk away and be content with as it is because it's been convenient to not explore your voice or our own. 
We long for your voice, Lord. We long for it. We long to hear you, Jesus. Your voice is welcome here. Your voice is welcome to lead us. Your voice is lovely. It's worth listening to. It's worth looking for. It's definitely worth living for, Lord. If we had been those people years ago that had no hearing, that we couldn't hear you for hundreds of years until you spoke again through the prophets, where would we be? Where would we be without your voice? And yet here we are with the Spirit poured out upon us and we have chosen deafness and we've chosen blindness and no longer, no longer, God, we want to be a people who hear you. We want to value your voice. We want to value the gift of your spirit in our lives. We want to hear you crisp and clear, full of the melody that you are, full of the delight and joy and amazing wisdom that you are. We want it all, Jesus. Your voice is truly more beautiful than any sound we could hear in a day. It's more comforting than a friend who just agrees with us, and it is definitely more nourishing than any meal. We need your voice, Jesus. And we long to live dependent upon your voice, Jesus, your promise. So, Lord, we just pray that this week there would be a a posture of putting our hands under the blood, putting our ears and our mouths to the dust. Lord, that our ears would become covered in the blood, that our mouths would come covered in the blood, that our eyes would come covered in the blood, that we would purify our hearts, that we might see you. Lord, that we would come into agreement with the way that you've said that if we're obedient and if we're repentant, we're going to hear. We're going to hear and we're going to see. It's just the way you've done it. And so, Lord, we take the gift that you did, the dying on a cross, seriously and we appropriate the cost you paid for us to hear you on a daily basis simply as we do the dishes Lord we just we take it seriously the price you paid so that we could live holy lives we take it seriously the price you paid that we could come into shelter and be in deep communion with you you've said it's okay for being people who want to hide as long as we hide in you we don't have to be so able to handle everything. We can hide. We just hide in you. So, Papa, we just pray a a mercy upon our ears today. Mercy, Jesus, upon our ears, upon our hearts, that all our senses would come awake, would come awake. They would no longer be underneath the old way of shutdown and rebuke and silence and muting and there's no room to be an aggravation to my life right now. Lord, we just call them awake, that we'd become friends with our senses once more, that we'd, we'd find fellowship with them and we'd realize that your heart is speaking all the time. You have so much to say and most of it is encouragement. That's what it is to fellowship with you in the heavenlies is just a roar of angels and all those who've gone ahead of us encouraging, encouraging, encouraging. We are part of a family of encouragement in the heavenlies if we could but hear. So we pray awakening, a rising and a shining. Grace, Jesus, to live. Grace to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.